Welcome back to the Crowd Noise Podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Stephen Martinez, on a Thursday, May 9th, 2019. And what a week. A lot has happened since the last time we talked to each other uh, last Thursday. I mean, the NBA is just nuts. We all know this. And part of the, the NBA draw has nothing to do with actual basketball. The most interesting stories across the league really are just, they're that. They're stories. They're rumors. They're, they're not even actual games. Like, we talk about Harden's 50-point, you know, games, 30-point streak. Kevin Durant had a big night, you know, whatever. But the thing that piques all of our interest are the free agency rumors, the trade rumors, the drama, like the ridiculous nonsense you know, the stuff that literally has nothing to do with basketball other than it's just, it has to do with basketball players, but not so much the sport itself. Those are the most interesting things when it comes to, to basketball. Football is the exact opposite. I mean, you know, there's trade rumors and there's free agency rumors, sort of, but they're really not all that interesting. The most interesting part about football are the games. You know, they come once a week, you wait all week long to watch the games, you watch them, then there's, you know, storylines that are coming out of the games heading into next week, but they all have to do with the sport. Like if Tom Brady throws, I don't know, he has a bad game, has 150 yards, two interceptions, one touchdown. We're talking about his stats, his numbers. How, what happened this game? How does he move forward going into next week? What does this have to do you know, with the rest of the season? We're talking about the games. In the NBA, I don't care what you do in mid-December, if you have a 50-point game, yeah, sure, it's cool, it's fun to watch, but the next day, no one's talking about it. They might mention it, you had, you know, so player X had a 50-point game, okay, moving on, trade deadline is in two months. Like, we're talking about stuff that has nothing to do with the actual games. Um, and right now, obviously, we're in, I think, like, dead center in the NBA playoffs. The first ticket to the semifinals... Or is it the conference finals now? It is the conference finals uh, where the Milwaukee Bucks storming past the Boston Celtics in five games, winning four straight after losing game one, after Paul Pierce declared the series done. He said the series was over and the Celtics never won another game after that. Um, That's the only team that has punched their ticket into the conference finals. Everyone else is in the semifinals right now, and they're all really good series. There's two games uh, tonight, the Sixers and the Raptors, and then you get the Nuggets and the Trail Blazers. I think both of the teams that are down, being the Sixers and the Blazers, I think they'll both force a game seven. So I don't think either series will end tonight. We'll talk about, those. We'll talk about the games a little bit later. But we're leading off the show. With those stories that have nothing to do with the sport of basketball. And again, kind of a slow week as far as news and storylines. Because again, we don't really talk about what happens in the games in the NBA. We just don't. For whatever reason, it's just not as interesting as where is Kyrie Irving going in free agency. Where's Kevin Durant, Jimmy Butler. Like Kyrie Irving this whole postseason, this whole entire run. Every time he lost the game this postseason... First question was, is this his last game? Is this his last series in a Boston uniform? Where is he going this summer? We just don't talk about the games. And so I have, I've 
coming into this week, I really didn't know what I was going to talk about. Kind of trying, kind of shuffling. Again, I know I've probably said this for like three weeks in a row now, but kind of shuffling and looking for something to talk about. And then yesterday at roughly 4.30 Mountain Time, the least popular time zone in America, Tyron Liu and the Los Angeles Lakers reach a quote-unquote impasse in contract discussions. Now, the definition of the word impasse, I don't actually have it here, but I know what the word means. It means you, you've, you've met a rift, somewhat of a dilemma. It's not definitively over, but there is, you have to compromise uh, either of any, you know, any which way. But they have stopped as far as the conversations between Tyron Lu and the Lakers. They're no, they're no longer talking. Um, and actually, I shouldn't even. At 4:30 that time, they had reached an impasse, and then roughly 5:30 Mountain Time, an hour later, Tyron Lu said, "I'm out. I'm pulling. I'm not. I'm no longer interested in being the Lakers head coach." And the reason why I separate those two because those two have. Those two storylines have two very different meanings. And when it first came out, I said, what does that even... The Lakers and, and Tyron Lue have reached an impasse. And I said, what does that mean? I know what the word impasse mean, means, but I don't, I don't know what it means in terms of this story. Does that mean they've just stopped talking for now and they could re-engage in contract talks later in the summer and free agents? Like, I didn't understand what that meant whatsoever. And Tyron Lue took the liberty of clearing that up uh, himself. He said, I'm done. He informed the Lakers, I'm not going to coach you guys. You're not going to lowball me. I'm out. Figure it out for yourself. So, the Lakers are without a head coach currently. And they are now forced to widen their search. I just want to throw my hat in the ring out there. I am fully available. Again, my name is Steven Martinez. I'm not going to drop my contact information in the show because while most of the people who listen to this, I know, you can never be so sure. So if you want to contact me, you can contact me on my Twitter at Stephen Strange, all one word, and then finish with an underscore, and we can go further from there. But, you know, I just had to throw my, my name out there. It's not going to happen. But, the, you know, the Lakers at this point don't have many options, so I will definitely... Uh, assist you. I will definitely take that job. But anyway, they've had to widen their coaching search now, and it's now uh, open to. This is their top three candidates that they're targeting. None of which are particularly glamorous. I could. I should. Um, I should say. I mean, they're not the prototypical Lakers head coaching hire. It's not going to make be any splashes with any three of these guys. Uh, and the three coaches are Frank Vogel, Mike Woodson, and Lionel Hollins. I think the front run, I pretty much think in that order, um, are the likelihood of any one of those guys taking the job. I think Frank Vogel is probably the most likely at this very moment in time to take the Lakers job. Uh, I like Frank Vogel. Um, I don't mind him. Had a had a good stretch in Indiana, you know, with uh, Paul George, George Hill, you know, the Roy Hibbert era. They had, you know... They had a pretty good run, and then Paul George left, and it kind of just broke down, so he was fired from there. Went to Orlando, and Orlando was terrible. I mean, they were really, really bad, and this was, I think, Aaron Gordon's, like, rookie year or his second year in the league. 
Uh, they had Alfred, Alfred Payton. They, uh, without, they were without Mo Bamba. Um, Nikola Vucevic was on the team, but he wasn't playing like it would like how he did this year. Um, so I don't know. I mean, he's a good coach, but he's not in the upper echelon in the league as far as head coaching hires. So I mean, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't love that move, quite frankly. I mean, it's it's a really lukewarm. I just like Frank Vogel the person. I like what he did in Indiana, but he's not. Let's. He's not gonna write this ship. Okay, and we're going to get into this even more. The Lakers are just a disaster. Frank Vogel is not the answer, okay, for this particular scenario. Um, and I thought it was, you know, I was just completely disgusted and really just exhausted. I mean, this whole Lakers season, everything that could have gone wrong did go wrong. LeBron, one of the most durable, not one of, he is the most durable player possibly in basketball history. On it, I mean, he's, he's, he's one of the most durable players ever. It probably, really in almost any sport. Basketball, that, I'll give him that much. He's definitely the most durable player ever. And you can put him in the conversation in all of sports, actually. But he's not the most durable player in all of sports. The most durable player in all of sports is Cal Ripken Jr. So let's get that out of the way. If you don't know who that is, kids, you have Google. And you can go see what uh, he did in baseball. So back to the Lakers. LeBron gets hurt. Everyone else gets hurt or sick or hurt again. Um, You miss the playoffs. Magic Johnson walks out of the building without informing anyone. Rachel Nichols knew before LeBron James knew. That was literally the scenario. He told nobody, and then he told everybody, and he was out the door. That was it. It was literally magic because he pulled a disappearing act. He just, I mean, he just vanished. He was gone in an instant. Um, You fire Luke Walton, which may not be... Uh, negative for the Lakers because I don't think the Magic Johnson and Palinka administration really wanted him there in the first place. So that was somewhat of a positive, I guess you can say, because they didn't really have their guy. And then now we're here. They're looking for head coaches and they can find no one. Monty Williams said, thanks, but no thanks. I'd rather go and I'd rather coach Phoenix where the expectations are low and any any games that I win are just going to be, you know, it's going to be above expectations. Because the Suns are so bad, or they've been so bad, anything you do is going to be a positive. Especially with that young core, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Josh Jackson. You know, they have a solid young core. They have zero expectations whatsoever. Low pressure. I mean, you know, smaller media mar- market, obviously, than L.A. I can't, re- it's really hot out there, but I don't really, I don't blame him for taking Phoenix over Los Angeles one bit. I mean, that really a wise business decision, to be quite honest with you. And especially, you can make the argument the Phoenix Suns' front office is much more stable than the Los Angeles Lakers' front office right now. So, good choice by Monty Williams. And that brings us back to Ty Lue. The guy who, and again, I never wanted Ty Lue for the Lakers. I said, I don't like that idea. I don't like the idea of the Lakers just selling out and putting all their chips in for the next two years for LeBron. And then after that, then what? What do you do with the Lakers if you have Ty Lue and LeBron and no one else? Because I don't think the Lakers are getting anyone in free agency. I really don't. I don't. Maybe Kyrie Irving, but I mean, well, again, we'll get to him later in the show. I mean, and there, that's a really long shot that he comes to LA. I don't. I don't. I don't know. We'll we'll talk about that later. 
Um, you're not going to win any titles with LeBron and Ty Lu and Lonzo Ball, okay? You're not getting past the Rockets, the Warriors, or even the Thunder for that matter. So I didn't like that whatsoever. And then you have to reset in two years. And it looked like it. And I did say I don't think they should hire Ty Lue, but I think they will. I, it was almost inevitable. And then they started the contract negotiations. And then he posted a picture of him, his birthday cake, with all Lakered out and said, Coach Tyron Lue. And I said, well, it's a done deal. He's coming to L.A. And Tyron Lue was supposed to be the cushion guy, the fallback guy. If all else failed, if there are no other options, there's always Tyron Lue. The Lakers can get him at any point in the offseason under any conditions. Tyron Lue will absolutely take the Lakers head coaching job. And even he has the decency to say no. He stood up to the Lakers and even Tyron Lue, the guy who was guaranteed... I mean, there was no way that he would not take that job. The one guy that was an absolute guarantee, he said no to the Lakers. So this whole scenario, just the head coaching specifically, has been another stain and another disaster for the Los Angeles Lakers. And it's only May. We're not in June, and it's, we're, def- we're not even close to July 1st, which is when free agency opens. And oh, by the way, you think the castle's on fire now? Tomorrow, the Lakers fans across Los Angeles, the greater Southern California area, have scheduled a protest outside of the Staples Center. Mind you, this is a summer that was supposed to be the most important summer in the history of the Los Angeles Lakers with all the free agents that are out there the Lakers desperately need help uh, in, on their roster. They need to get LeBron help. They missed the playoffs this year. And your fans are storming the streets with pitchforks and torches in their hands. Literally, not figuratively, literally protesting the streets of Los Angeles. I don't know. It can't. Anytime you think it can't get worse, it literally gets worse for the Los Angeles Lakers. I, it's, this whole thing is an utter disaster. And what I predicted has come to pass earlier, much earlier than I thought it would, but it's already here. I, did, I told you if the Lakers do, did not trade for Anthony Davis, and it's not, not for a lack of trying, I will say that. If the Lakers did not land Anthony Davis, it was... That was it. That was the final nail in the coffin for the Lakers. They're already dead in the water. The Lakers are finished. Because if you're a free agent, why do you want to come to the Lakers now? Even after all of this, they couldn't even land Ty Lue to be their head coach. It's supposed to be the, you know, their cushion, their, their plan B. Their, their no fault. I mean, this is their, their last option. Ty Lue, basically, was basically their last option. He was the last option because they knew they could get him at any point. And oh, by the way, they couldn't even get him. Your fans are protesting the streets. They're protesting the front office. And I don't blame them necessarily. Let me get that out of the way. The front office has been horrendous. But it's been horrendous for about five to six years now. The fact that you decided to protest now, specifically now, going into the summer... That was bad timing. 
I mean, again, when you're trying to bring in free agents, I don't like the timing of this protest, but I like the message because the front office has been a disaster as well. And I think that's where most of this starts. This does not fall on LeBron James. I did say he deserved 5 to 10% of the blame because he's the best player on the team. I think that's fair. If you're the best player on the team and the team is horrendous, the team is awful, you have to shoulder some of the weight of that. You can't just get off scot-free. You're the best player. You're the face of the franchise. You have to take some level of blame, but only 10% out of 100. So, I mean, it's really not all that much his fault. The other 90% is on Rob Palenka, Jeannie Buss, Linda Rambis, and Kurt Rambis. And Magic Johnson. He's He's still not out of the woods yet for me. And, I mean, you're not going to get any. There's no way the Lakers sign anyone now. How? Why? Why would anyone? And there was rumors that LeBron was in Philly recruiting Kawhi Leonard. Trying to get him to come to the Lakers. And then, you know, we, we never know if any of these rumors are true because Kawhi Leonard is, is just a mute of a person, which is fine. Everyone has their own, you know, their own personality. But it's hard to gauge these free agency rumors when Kawhi Leonard doesn't say anything. But they said that he was potentially warming up to the idea of playing with, alongside LeBron and then post-LeBron being the face of the Lakers in L.A. And then this happens, this whole debacle. Ty Luce pulls his name out of the running. The Lakers are now scrambling to find anyone to coach the team. Uh, I am available again, I will say that much. And quite honestly, you'd be lucky to have someone like me. I'm not going to lie. I'd, you'd be, you should be thankful I'm even throwing my hat in the ring or my name in the hat in the ring of the hats. Don't let this... Don't let this reflect my ability to coach the Lakers, okay? But I am available if you need me. And you do need me because the Lakers are, I mean, they're just a mess, as I said a million times before. And I, I, like I said, I predicted months ago, if that Anthony Davis deal did not go through, which it didn't, this was going to destroy the Lakers franchise. It was going to send them in a spiraling, you know, just downward tilt. And it, it's only going to get wor- Things are only going to get worse for the Lakers before they get better. You have to bring in a head coach who LeBron probably does not want to work with. And LeBron is extremely picky when it comes to head coaches. He's gotten the reputation in his career as a coach killer. And that's not by an accident, okay? It's not, um, it, it's not a coincidence that LeBron has gotten that, um, that reputation. So he's already going to be up against the wall as far as support from the media, from the fans, from his own locker room. He's already behind the eight ball. So you're probably going to fire him in the next two years anyway and have to restart the process again. Uh, And mind you, in two years, LeBron James is going to be out. He's leaving. He's not staying for the next three years of his contract. He's He's opting out as soon as he possibly can. Would not be surprised if he demanded a trade. And quite honestly, I wouldn't be mad at him. If he, I would not... Hold anything against LeBron James if he said, I want out of this dumpster fire. You do not deserve my services. Please get me the hell out of here. And the Lakers should accommodate him. I think it'd be better for them in the long term to accommodate him. Obviously, they would be terrible without LeBron James. They weren't very good with him in the second half of the season. But at least at that point, you know, okay, now we're rebuilding. There's no more pressure. There's no more. I mean, there's still media. It's LA. It's the Lakers. They're going to have attention all the time. But you don't have the same amount of pressure as you would if you had LeBron James. Obviously, then they can maybe try and rebuild for the future. 
though they haven't shown an ability to even do that well. So I don't know how much that move would be would benefit them in the long run. In the long run, uh, anyway. But uh, you know, if LeBron demanded a trade, can you blame him? Can you honestly blame LeBron James if after only one year of in, in this mess, if he just said, "I need to get out of here," um, I would not blame him one bit. I would respect him more if he just came out and said, please trade me. Because, I mean, and then that would honestly help the Lakers as well because in in the sense of you can't have a superstar player and then trade them away. Because how are you going to attract free agents in the first... I mean, it's just a mess because if you get rid of LeBron, the Lakers are no longer attractive because what superstar is just going to come to the Lakers and have to carry the load that LeBron leaves behind? They're not going to be much better as a team. And if you come to the Lakers now, well, they're still a hot mess. So now you have to take the burden that LeBron was going to have, but instead for the next four, three or four or five years, because remember, you're a free agent, you're signing a contract. LeBron's already signed his deal, and he's only got two years left anyway with an option for three, but there is no way in hell LeBron is taking that, that player option. Absolutely no way. He's, he's opting out, and he'll probably end up in Cleveland or retire. Those are his two options, really. I don't see him going anywhere else. We don't know how good LeBron is going to be um, in two years' time as far as his ability. So I don't know if we're going to get peak LeBron and what the, what the market for LeBron would even look like in two years. So this is probably the final stage that we're going to see LeBron James look like LeBron James, which is kind of sad because his his career, the last three years of his career will always be wasted in Los Angeles unless he requests a trade. And even then, I don't understand, you know, the the intricacies of that trade would be so frustrating as well because you have to find a match, you know, a mixture of where does LeBron want to go and what offers are you going to be getting for LeBron and... I don't know if you can find a, you know, a compromise at that point. I don't know what kind of offers you're going to get. Obviously, we don't know what teams LeBron would want to go to. And even if those teams that he does want to go to, would they even want to trade for LeBron? What would they give up? It would just be another mess uh, for the Lakers to have to handle and dig themselves out of. And it's, it's just been a real... It's been a mess. I don't know what else to say about the Lakers other than they're just a... They're, a, they're the new Knicks. The Lakers are the new New York Knicks because at least the Knicks have optimism and optimism that is well-placed. They have what they know is a guaranteed top three pick in the draft. They have enough cap space for two premier free agents this offseason. So there is actually reason for Knicks fans to be optimistic about this summer. There's concrete evidence. They have things to build on. The Lakers... Their only level of optimism is, we're the Lakers. That's not a real thing. That's not something you can build a franchise off of, is just say the name of your team and just bank on the history. And they have maybe the richest tradition in all of basketball. And I, I think they're, they're spoiled by it. They forgot how they got there, how they earned all those 16 championships, and how hard it is to build and run a successful franchise. And the Lakers are the opposite of a well well run franchise. They are probably I would say probably the worst team in the NBA right now 
and you have to make, and I, of course, they're not as bad as like the Hawks or the Grizzlies or the Knicks as far as basketball. But if you combine the team with front off, the, the whole franchise, top to bottom, the Lakers are officially the worst franchise in the NBA as of right now. And I don't see how it gets any better. You're not going to land Anthony Davis. Because why are the Pelicans going to come and bail you out? It makes no sense for the Pelicans to trade with the Lakers specifically. It makes sense for them to trade with teams like, I don't know, like the Hawks or the Knicks or the Nets. You know, teams that can actually offer them something. If you trade with the Hawks, you get a lottery pick as well. If you trade with the Knicks, you get a lottery pick. That would be a very interesting trade if the Knicks traded, for, uh, traded away that top three pick, you know, potentially Zion Williamson for Anthony Davis and then sign free agents uh, in, this, in the summer. And then with that core three, you have go all in this year and then try and re-sign Anthony Davis going into next summer. That'd be really interesting. It'd be, make more sense for the, the Pelicans to trade anywhere but the Lakers. The Lakers have nothing to offer. They have a top 10 pick, but that's that literally just top 10. It's not going to be top five or top three. They have like a, a 5% chance at top three and a 2% chance at the number one pick. So it's it's not going to happen. So the, there's you can't offer them picks that have much value. Um, you can't offer them the young players that you were going to offer because you already offered them and they turned that down. So why would they accept it now? It doesn't make any sense. Uh, especially when you take Brandon Ingram off the table. He had the, the blood clot surgery. And I'm sure it's fixed, but teams are, are very wary of that kind of stuff. Why, why would you trade for that, that guy not knowing you know, what his future medically could hold? So they're not getting Anthony Davis. Like I said, their only chance at a free agent is Kyrie Irving. And that is, I mean, that is a long shot. That's just the only one that makes any kind of sense. But I don't think that would happen. I think Kyrie Irving will either go to the Knicks or, I mean, I, I feel like Kyrie Irving's going to throw a wild card in there. I don't think it'll be the Lakers. I mean, the Lakers will be in the run because, again, they're the Lakers. And they're, just, I mean, that's what they've been banking on for the past 10 years now. It's just saying we're the Lakers. But I don't think it's very likely to happen. Kawhi Leonard, definitely not going to the Lakers, going to the Clippers. I feel personally, and we're going to get into Kawhi in a little bit, uh, Kawhi would stay with the Raptors first, then the Clippers, and then 27 other teams, and then the Lakers. Um, who else? Jimmy Butler. Do you even really want Jimmy Butler? I mean, he's had the reputation of being a locker room killer. That's like the last thing you need if you're the Lakers. So they're not getting any any free agents are making any trades, so the team's not going to be any better. Um, the front office is not going anywhere because if Rob Polinka was, was in any danger of being fired, he would have already been fired because Magic Johnson wanted to fire him. Jeannie Buss said no, basically got in his way, and I'm sure there was an argument and a rift there, and that's when that whole Magic vanishing act happened. There, it's just an embarrassment. The Lakers are just an absolute joke. When it, what's even more painful about watching this is the Lakers are one of the most well-run franchises in the history of all the sports. They're up there with the Yankees, the Celtics, the Cowboys, the Patriots, the Spurs. You know, these classic, well-run, traditional franchises. And, and they've come all the way down to this. Now what I feel is the worst franchise in the NBA because they're kind of stuck in the middle. They have nowhere to go from here. I don't know what move you make if you're the Lakers. I don't know how you fix this. I don't know how you fix this 
situation you've worked yourself into other than you're going to have to wait it out for the next three or four years and then start to rebuild. And I say three or four years because you got to wait out Lonzo Ball and Kyle Kuzma and Brandon Ingram so you can either let those guys go, trade them away, and then start to rebuild. So, uh, I mean, obviously you could keep Brandon Ingram and Kyle, Kyle Kuzma if you want to rebuild, but do they want to stick around for that? I mean, another rebuild. And mind you, you have to tank, which takes three or four years at least. You have to stockpile draft picks. You have to draft correctly, which the Lakers have not shown an ability to do. And then you have to wait for those guys to develop, which takes another two or three years after they've been drafted. So I doubt Brandon Ingram or Kyle Kuzma will stick around for that long haul. And that's, that's about what they're left with. I don't know what, what other options they have. They don't have many other options. And if I'm, I don't even, and see the, their coaching list here, Frank Vogel, Mike Woodson, uh, Lionel Hollins. Those aren't the people who are interested. Those are who the Lakers have listed. I don't see why any one of those three guys would want to take over this mess. Why would you want to tie your name and your resume to this Titanic? And you're, it's ulti- you're ultimately going to be fired. It's almost a guarantee whoever takes this job will be fired within the next three or four years. I'll give them four seasons tops. And whoever takes this job will be fired. I promise you. So why would you just want to add, add this to your resume? You were once fired by the Lakers because you couldn't save this dumpster fire of an organization. I mean, the, the Lakers, they're just so bad. And it's only, like I said, it's only going to get worse. And I kind of want to pat myself on the back here for predicting it way back in, I don't, I don't even, was it was in November or December with the whole Anthony, when the Anthony Davis trade rumors really kind of vamped up. And I said, if they don't land this deal, they are in a lot of trouble. And they didn't, and now they are. Moving on now to someone who the Lakers are actually going to be targeting, but will ultimately um, whiff on. Kawhi Leonard. Having, if I had to make a all-postseason team, and I probably will, like once after the finals are over, I'm, I'm going to make an all-postseason first-team all-playoffs or whatever, Kawhi Leonard is absolutely on that list. Uh, if, if I were to make it right now, probably I would cheat a little bit, probably put James Harden, um, Kawhi Leonard. I'm cheating because I'm moving guys around. You know, they're not their traditional position, but James Harden, um, point guard, Kawhi Leonard, shooting guard, Kevin Durant, small forward, Giannis, uh, power forward, and Nikola Jokic as the center. Those are the five best players in the postseason so far, but... Um, Kawhi Leonard, he's, he's just balling out of his mind. He's unbelievable. And of course, he's a free agent this year. So he's very interesting to talk about as well. I mean, even though he declines to talk about anything ever, we like to talk about Kawhi Leonard. Um, and I kind of felt this way even before this report I'm going to tell you about came out. I was kind of starting to get the sense. And I kind of just, I'm of course, again, I don't have any sources. I don't have insiders uh, in the league my my insiders are your insiders on sports center i just interpret them a certain way but i would kind of just go about what i how i feel about players from what i'm watching um how i'm watching them play and how other teams around the league are setting themselves up that's how i kind of gauge where players are going to go in free agency and i got the sense that Kawhi leonard's re-signing with the raptors 
is much more likely than most people may think. Now, I'm sure I said earlier in the show, I'm calling myself out here, that Kawhi Leonard was going to the Clippers. And I'm, I'm, I don't remember specifically, but I bet I would be willing to bet I probably did say that. Because at that time, I felt that he was going to go with the Clippers. And I'm, everyone, a lot of people feel like he's going to go to the Clippers, even still today. Um, but, you know, things change over time, especially in the NBA with all the crazy up and down, ups and downs. You know, things can change from one day to another. So right now, I do feel that Kawhi Leonard is very likely to re-sign with the Raptors. I just get a weird, I just get a sense, especially with the way the Raptors are playing. They're dominating. And Kawhi Leonard has no help, and they are dominating teams. Imagine if you actually brought someone in to help Kawhi Leonard. The Raptors would be, I mean, the, probably the best team in the East going forward in the future, them and the Bucks. And then uh, Adrian Wojnarowski, Woj for short, Dropped somewhat of a, not even a Woj bomb, but a Woj grenade, I guess, or a Woj mine. Um, Kawhi Leonard was seriously, quote, seriously considering re-signing with the Raptors. And a lot of people kind of shot that down. Um, That kind of encouraged me. Because I had got the sense that he was going to re-sign with the Raptors. Because they're a very good team. They're a well-run organization. Now, they're not the Celtics, the Lakers of your the Spurs, they're not like one of the most, you know, traditional franchises, quote unquote, but they've been a very well run organization for the past decade to 15 years. They've been very well run. They've made the playoffs. I mean, I don't even know how many years in a row they've been in the postseason every single year. And their biggest problem was they just couldn't get past LeBron James in his prime. That's a problem that a lot of teams in the East had. They just couldn't get past LeBron. So you really can't hold too much against them there. They made very smart moves. At the trade deadline, they acquired Kawhi Leonard uh, in a trade, went all in on this year, and it seems to be paying off. Even if they don't get Kawhi Leonard and he, he leaves and he does go to the Clippers, you have to consider this season a success. And again, from this point in the season, they could still make the finals. Ultimately, ultimately it looks like we're going to probably see a Raptors and Bucks Eastern Conference Finals, which would be a fantastic series. You get the two best players in the postseason Giannis and Kawhi Leonard going head-to-head. That'd be a fantastic series. Um, And then potentially, if you win that, you go to the NBA Finals. So if you told the Toronto Raptors that if they had the chance to go to the Finals just one year and obviously had a chance to win the whole thing, and then after that, they're going to lose Kawhi Leonard, I think they would still take those chances. They'd still take that chance. So this season has been a success for the Raptors. It can only get better. I do think they'll lose tonight. I do think that series will go 7 uh, the Philly and Toronto series, I think it'll go seven, as well as the Portland and Denver series. I do, I think both series will go seven. Um, so both teams down 3-2 will win tonight, I feel. Um, but the Raptors have also made a bunch of moves to you know surround Kawhi Leonard with some help. He doesn't have any superstars around him, but much like Giannis, he has a, a great roster of complimentary, complimentary players that you know fit his game, and it shows. I mean, just look, Kawhi Leonard is one of the five best players in the postseason. This postseason, I mean, he's playing out of his he's playing out of his mind. He's unbelievable, and he is absolutely the reason that Toronto is as good as they are, and they have been playing as well as they have been. So there is a basketball reason to stay in Toronto. The Clippers made the playoffs without Kawhi, obviously. And they played Golden State as tough as they could, forcing them to six games, which is very respectable. I thought that series was going to be a sweep. And I'm sure you did too. So the Clippers played them very tough. If you add Kawhi Leonard to that series, 
I mean, I don't know. I would love to have seen Kawhi Leonard, this year's Kawhi Leonard on this year's Clippers against this year's Warriors team. That'd be a very interesting series, especially because Kawhi Leonard has been the kryptonite for the Golden State Warriors. So who knows? That game series goes seven. Maybe the Clippers win. I don't know. I would still put my money on the Golden State Warriors because they're the greatest roster that has ever been assembled in the history of basketball. Uh, so I would probably still put my money on that, but on the Golden State, but it'd be one heck of a series. I would love to watch that series. Um, but again, you don't know. The grass isn't always greener on the other side. They're a good team. Kawhi Leonard is a great player. But there's no guarantee that it's going to work. I mean, we don't know how well he's going to fit in that team or match with the roster they have set in place. Are the Clippers... Okay, take Kawhi Leonard off both teams. Let's say he's a free agent. Do you think the Clippers are a better team than the Raptors, both without Kawhi Leonard? It's debatable. It really, I mean, it really is. Um, the Clippers kind of played... They kind of overachieved this year, so a lot of people would say the Clippers. I think I would still lean towards the Raptors, even without Kawhi Leonard as a better team than the Clippers. It's debatable. Uh, Kawhi Leonard is the best defensive player in the league, so as far as I, he fits... The Clippers are a great defensive team, so there's a fit there. But off, the, I mean, you can't just insert a guy in and expect things to to work that easily. Just ask the Boston Celtics. They couldn't just insert Kyrie Irving in the lineup and then instantly turn into a finals appearance because um, that's not what happened. They went to the Eastern Conference Finals last year, played in Game 7, one game away from making the finals without Kyrie Irving. He comes back, and then they get beat in five games in the second round of the playoffs. So it's not always plug and play. Uh, number two, why I think Toronto is a better location for Kawhi Leonard. Even though he's from Southern California, played at San Diego State, grew up a Clipper slash Laker fan. Not that he had both, but he's kind of uh, he's trying to keep that a secret because if he says as a kid I was a Lakers fan or I was a Clippers fan, the rumors are already going to start. So I think that's a pretty smart move. But he grew up watching Los Angeles basketball um, for whatever team he may have rooted for. I mean, I don't know specifically. And again, I don't even think it has any real pull as far as to where he's going, but the media loves those stories. He grew up a Lakers fan, so he's probably going to the Lakers. And Kawhi Leonard is not a guy that likes to deal with media. That's the reason why I think Toronto is a better city for Kawhi Leonard. Even though you're playing for the Clippers, who are, I mean, they're a better team than the Lakers. They are a better franchise in the Lakers right now but they will never take Los Angeles the Clippers will never pass the Los Angeles Lakers in LA never that will never happen unless they win 15 championships in a row and even still if you won 15 straight you'd still be down one to the Lakers I don't they'll never replace them as far as fan interest in Los Angeles it just it it will never happen that will never happen but you will not get as much as attention. You will not get as much attention from the media as you would on the Lakers because, again, they're the Lakers. But you're in Los Angeles, much bigger media market than Toronto. Well, not much bigger, but they are a bigger media media market than Toronto. And Kawhi Leonard, I think Toronto is the perfect fit for Kawhi. He wanted. He kind of had a similar... It's just a bigger San Antonio for him. And what I mean by that is, when he was with the Spurs, he was the man. You know, after Duncan retired 
and Ginobili and Tony Parker were on the lap. They were kind of riding it out as well. He was the man on that team. And he left because he wanted to be the man on the team, which didn't make very much sense because he was already the number one guy on that team. But he wanted a bigger media market, which is kind of strange because Kawhi Leonard is... He doesn't talk to anyone, and he, he, he actively avoids the spotlight. So it was kind of strange that he picked, he wanted to leave San Antonio because it seemed like San Antonio was the perfect fit for Kawhi. He was the man there, small media market, not a lot of attention, but he wanted some level of attention, I guess you could say. Toronto is a big city, one of the great cities in the world. We just think of Toronto as a small market, and we don't think of them much at all because we're, we have a very closed, we have like tunnel vision in America and in the NBA. Just because they're, I mean, you hear Toronto, Canada, you think they're on the other side of the planet. They're not. I mean, they're really, I don't know how, what the proximity is, but it's relatively close to New York. I mean, Northeast kind of area. Um, it's really not that far as, as what you may think. And it's not small at all. Toronto is a great city. It's a big, I've never been there. I'm so, but Toronto's a big city. It's not a small city. It's not San Antonio. It's not Oklahoma City. It's not Milwaukee. It's a big city. If it were in the U.S., it'd be the third most populated city in America. So it is a big media market. But I do think that because we kind of push Toronto to the side, that is a plus. That is an addition for the Toronto Raptors. Because you can present this to Kawhi Leonard in this manner. You're in a big media market that doesn't get the attention of a big media market. So you're in a bigger area than San Antonio, but slightly smaller and less attention than Los Angeles. I just think it would sound strange, but Kawhi Leonard is a strange person. Let's just be honest. He kind of is, you know, he's, he's a quirky guy. And that's fine. And I think that's perfect for Toronto because it is a straight, it's the only city in, it's the only team in Canada in the NBA and they have other teams too. They have the, the Blue Jays as well and the Maple Leafs. So they do have you know a pretty strong fan support. And if he were to go to Los Angeles, Kawhi Leonard would be assaulted by the media on a daily basis, whether it was in the Lakers or across the hallway with the Clippers. Constantly. And Kawhi Leonard wants... He does not want... He wants to avoid that. He wants some attention, but at... At a discretion, which sounds very picky, which sounds very specific, which is why I think he should resign and will resign with the Toronto Raptors because it's like he has his very specific scenario already. He's on a very good team. He's the man. He's in a bigger market than San Antonio, but he's not bombarded by the media on a daily basis. We hardly ever talk about Kawhi Leonard or the Raptors, and they're one of the best teams in the league, clearly. So, when Woj says he's seriously excuse me, he's seriously considering re-signing with the Raptors, I believe him, and I get the sense that he will. Will the Clippers have a horse in the race? Absolutely. I think the Clippers are not out. I do think they're going to make a run at Kawhi, and they'll have a very strong case to sign Kawhi. But I do think, even with him being from the West Coast, wanting to play for the Clippers, well-run organization as well, I do think the Raptors as far as environment, have the upper hand on the Clippers. Which is kind of ironic because you think, who, where else would you rather live than Southern California and Los Angeles? 
Toronto. I mean, frozen, snowy Toronto. I do think, I do think he would choose Toronto over Los Angeles at that point because he likes the time that he's. And it's happened before. Los Angeles has been passed over before, specifically with Paul George. And Paul George picked Oklahoma City over Los Angeles, the smallest market in the NBA. They beat Los Angeles. So there is a precedent for Los Angeles being kind of brushed aside. So I don't think it's outrageous to think that Kawhi Leonard can enjoy the time he spends in Toronto, enjoy his teammates playing for the Raptors, and like specifically the media market that he's been assigned to. So I do think that Kawhi Leonard will resign with the Raptors. I don't think it's outrageous as you may think it is. I do think it's very likely. And here's a guy who's not likely to resign. One Kevin Durant. He is also a free agent uh, this summer. I don't even need to tell you that. You know he's a free agent. Um, he just got hurt last night. It's a right calf strain. Which is, I mean, fantastic to hear because it initially looked like it was an Achilles. It is not. Uh, it's a calf strain. It's probably out for the rest of the series, it looks like, against Houston. Um, and maybe out for the first game or two in the Western Conference final, should they make it that far, and they will. Um, so he's out for the rest of the series, which, I mean, is a very interesting development because you got to, th- I just said, which they will. Not a guarantee, you know, it's going to be a real, and it was already a very interesting series to watch, but now they're kind of playing somewhat straight up. Uh, Curry and Clay against James Harden and Chris Paul. It's going to be a very, very interesting series going forward, especially, I, I think Kevin Durant's probably out for the rest of the series. He's out for game six for sure, and he's going to be reevaluated next week. So a very, it'd be a really tough timeline for him to play in Game 7. And especially, you got to think Game 7, the toughest game of the series. That'd be a lot of stress on his body. But we're not talking about the Golden State-Houston series. We're talking about the summer for Golden State. A very important offseason for the Warriors. Obviously, Kevin Durant is a free agent. But Klay Thompson is also a free agent, as well as DeMarcus Cousins. Everyone's kind of forgotten about him because he was hurt as well with a quad injury uh, in the postseason. And that guy has had a real tough go these past few years. He's had some really tough injury problems over the past two or three seasons. So um, he says he expects to play again this postseason, but uh, I don't really trust DeMarcus Cousins that much as far as uh, medically. He's not a doctor, and this is what DeMarcus Cousins does. He says a lot of things. That's what DeMarcus Cousins does. He likes he likes to just say things. So while I think it's, you know... Um, A positive development that he says he thinks he can play, I don't think it's very likely. Um, And unlike uh, we were talking talking about just Kawhi just now, how I think he's likely to re-sign with the Raptors, I think it's almost set in stone Kevin Durant is gone. I don't think Kevin Durant will re-sign with the Warriors. I think he will test the markets. I listed last week all the teams that I think would be interesting, not necessarily the ones that I think he will sign with, but the teams that I think would be much more interesting that includes the, the Trailblazers, um, the Jazz, the Thunder, and the Nets. I would love to see him go to the Nets. I think that'd be the best fit for him and the most interesting landing spot. So that leaves two other people, Clay Thompson and DeMarcus Cousins. And a lot of people are kind of, and it came out, a, a rumor came out this past week. I think it was another Woj grenade or a Woj mine 
Uh, Clay Thompson would prefer the Clippers over the Lakers. If the Warriors did not have, offer him a max deal, he would test the markets and likely end up with the Clippers. Um, and that would be probably his number one spot as far as a free agent. I do, th- or it wasn't Woj, it was Stephen A. Smith, right? Yeah, I think it was Stephen A. Smith on first take. Um, I do think that rumor is true. I, not in the sense that I don't think he made that up. I think he does have a source that told him that from inside of Clay's camp. But here's where I think it, that rumor is a little bit shady. I think that rumor was manufactured. I don't think that's necessarily true. Not that Clay wouldn't choose the Clippers over the Lakers. Cause that I think is true. But I don't think it's true that Clay is testing the mark. Oh no, okay. Woj is the one who said that he would consider the Lakers, the excuse me, the Clippers over the Lakers. And Stephen A. Smith is the one who said that Clay is tired of getting the crumbs from um, KD and Curry. That is what I think is manufactured as well. I think both rumors are manufactured by Clay's camp. And the reason I say that is I think he's trying to scare the Warriors and kind of start negotiations a little bit early. I think he's trying to let them know that he should not be taken for granted, which is absolutely true. Clay Thompson has been as important of a cog to the Warriors dynasty as anybody. Stephen Curry, Kevin Durant, Draymond Green, whoever you want to pick, Klay Thompson is just as important, if not more important, than any one of those guys. Don't forget, when they were down 3-1 to OKC, Kevin Durant's last year um, in OKC with the Thunder, Klay Thompson's the one who saved that series, had a 40-point game, monster night, closed out the series. I mean, had a hellacious last three games to storm back and take that series. And ultimately, Kevin Durant came to the, to the Warriors. So would he have made that move if the Thunder had beaten the Warriors? And ultimately, I think they would have beaten the Cavs that year in the finals. Would he have left fresh off of an NBA championship? Um, one, of the, one of the great what-ifs in the NBA. So Klay Thompson, very important, very vital to the Warriors dynasty. I think he's letting them know he is not one to be taken for granted. But that is not to say that he is not interested or is frustrated with the organization, or is not interested in re-signing. I think he absolutely wants to re-sign with it. Why would you not want to stay with the Golden State Warriors? It doesn't make any... Even without Kevin Durant. Because then you got to think, if they don't have Kevin Durant, which I don't... They're probably going to lose. Uh, and then DeMarcus Cousins', Cousins is... Cousins' <laughs> injury. He's not going to have a very large free agency market, so you can probably just slide him right back in the starting lineup, and you can replace Kevin Durant with DeMarcus Cousins. A downgrade but not a huge drop-off. Um, so I do think those stories are manufactured by Clay Thompson's camp intentionally. I think they wanted those stories to get leaked, but they are not a, entirely true. And I don't think they are, while well, I like the move by Clay Thompson trying to you know boost his value a little bit and kind of bait the Warriors into giving, them, giving him as much money as he deserves, um, I don't think it's necessary in the sense... The Warriors are not letting Klay Thompson out of the building. No way, no how. If Klay Thompson does not resign with the Warriors, it's because Klay Thompson did not want to resign. Not because the Warriors did not give him every last penny that he wanted. Because they, I think they know. I think they see the writing on the wall. Kevin Durant is gone. I think the Warriors front office 
not only senses that, but is prepared for that scenario. So you're not losing Kevin Durant and Klay Thompson in the same offseason. No way. Absolutely not happening. The Lakers went through the same thing when they had Shaq and Kobe, and there was no way that was going to get repaired. They were going to lose one, but they were not going to lose both. And Kobe Bryant was already kind of looking, um, requesting a trade and moving to Chicago. There was that um, that players-only interview where he said he was going to go to Chicago if they had kept Shaq. Uh, they let Shaq go, or they traded him to Miami, and they kept Kobe. They were not losing Shaq and Kobe. They they had to make a decision. They chose the guard. The rest is history. The Warriors are not losing Kevin Durant and Klay Thompson. Klay uh, Thompson is going to get he's going to get paid this summer. I promise you, he's going to get every last penny that he wants because the Warriors are not losing both of them. I do think Klay Thompson will re-sign with the Warriors, and I do think Kevin Durant will leave. And with that big hole in the salary cap and in the starting lineup, I do think DeMarcus Cousins will resign also with the Golden State Warriors because they will have plenty of cap space now with losing Kevin Durant. And like I said, they do need to fill that roster spot with somebody. And DeMarcus Cousins is not Kevin Durant, but he is an all-star player. And he kind of fits with the Warriors in the sense that he could be their, their brash guy. I do think, and here's a shock for you here. I do think Draymond Green will get traded this summer. It doesn't matter what he does in the rest of this series against Houston or potentially in the conference finals or the NBA finals. I do think he will be traded. I think they'll move on from him. I think he's about out. Well, he's outworn his welcome like three years ago. I think they're just fed up with and sick of him now. I think he will be gone and they'll get whatever they possibly can uh, in return for Draymond Green. And if you sign DeMarcus Cousins, he's basically the same archetype. The tough kind of trash talker. I mean, technical foul, maestro. They're not missing. And he's a better offensive player than Draymond Green. So in that sense, it's a huge upgrade. Uh, he can score the ball. Draymond Green does, cannot. He fouled out last night and he had eight points. In his defense, he had 11 assists, which is a pretty good stat line. But, I mean, eight points. Not He had eight more points than you or and, you and I did. So, I mean, that's how, you, that's how you gauge that. I think Draymond Green will get traded. I do think they'll keep uh, DeMarcus Cousins. Kevin Durant will leave. And the Warriors will be vulnerable, but I would say still the favorites to win the Western Conference next year. All right, time for the quote of the week, everyone. We do this at the end of every single show. We find the best quote from the previous week, and we put it in the the quote of the week. That's why we call it that. So uh, here we go. It's a full basketball episode today. It's a ball night. Uh, I think it's our first ever all basketball episode. I mean, from wire to wire, nothing but basketball. So here we go. Quote of the week. Quote. No. Kyrie Irving on if his impending free agency dictated his play during the postseason to which he answered a very short, simple, direct no. Um, so it was a very easy quote of the week for me to remember. Um, saved a lot of space uh, on my notes here. And I picked this because the Boston-Milwaukee series was... It was a series, okay? It was very interesting. I picked Boston to win, obviously. And I picked them, and I say obviously because I picked them to go to the finals. I thought they had the best team in the East. 
which you could say they did. One of the biggest problems the Celtics had is that there was no cohesion with the roster. They really had no identity. It seemed like all their great... They had too many great players, which is a great problem to have, but they didn't mesh well together. They didn't have a true identity. And it seemed that Brad Stevens, as as intelligent as he is, could not pull everything together. He couldn't blend the team and, and just pull everything together. So the Celtics, they win game one against the Bucks, and they didn't win another game after that, after Paul Pierce declared the series over, which I even when he said that, I thought, oh no, this is not good. I thought the series would go seven, six or seven games. Uh, it ultimately went five with the Bucks winning four straight, dominating all four of their wins. Um, and I did say, if the Celtics were going to win not only this series, but get to the finals, it was not going to be because of Kyrie Irving's scoring or Jason Tatum's scoring. It was going to be based on their defense. The Celtics, what they did last year, getting all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals, is they played, they looked like Virginia. They looked like a college basketball team. Team defense. The 12-man rotation. I mean, just just 12-man deep, playing defense, playing really hard. And that was the opposite. They looked really uninspired. They looked, uh, you know, they they didn't look like they, they meshed well on the court, which is a problem that they've had all season long, not just in this series. They did not defend well. And... Correct me if I'm wrong. After every game, they weren't talking about the Celtics scoring. They were talking about Giannis's, Giannis Antetokounmpo's scoring output, what he did offensively. And I'm not taking any credit away from Giannis Antetokounmpo. He is a generational player. He's going to be around for a very long time. He's actually already showing signs of developing his three-point shot. So the whole league is in a lot of trouble. But I do think the Celtics had the tools to def- to defend as a team and they did not and ultimately they lose a series in five games and the only all that's left to be decided is Kyrie Irving's impending free agency to which he said quote no do I think that he played poorly because of his free agency no I don't I mean there's players all the time we, we heard how many times have we heard the term contract year where players have statistically their best season of their careers because they're going into a contract offseason. They're trying to get you know paid as much as they can, whether it's with a different team or with the team they're already on. So I don't think other like Kawhi Leonard. Do you think his impending free agency is distracting him? No. Kevin Durant? No. The same thing. Jimmy Butler here and there? No. So I don't think it was distracting Kyrie Irving. I just think there was a frust- a season-long frustration and a lack of cohesion. And that's where the frustration has come from. Kyrie Irving is a very intelligent person. As much as people want to make fun of him and tear him down, I am a big Kyrie Irving fan, very intellectual. Um, I, and I think he sensed that this wasn't working as well, as efficiently as it probably should have. They did not. And again, I don't think I'm insane. Who didn't have Boston in the finals preseason? Like, if I asked you who you had coming out of the East in preseason, you probably either would have said Milwaukee or Boston or Philly. And really more Philly or Boston. So I don't think it was that out of the left field for me to pick Boston and go to the finals. I mean, maybe in the postseason, yeah, probably. not. The, and I don't even really feel bad about that pick because I felt very strongly. If they had played defense the way they are capable of, the Celtics... Should have made it to the finals, but should have, could have. I mean, whatever. That's already set in stone. Uh, 
But I do think Kyrie Irving's frustration comes from the lack of cohesion with the front office, Danny Ainge, Brad Stevens, and the entire roster. There's just not strong chemistry going on in that organization. I do think Kyrie Irving will leave the Boston Celtics. Now, I don't think it's to an obvious team. I don't think it's to the Knicks, even though they will be in the running. Uh, as much as I love the Nets going forward in this free agency this summer, I don't think it'll be. I think the Nets are out of the race because they have D'Angelo Russell, and it looks like they're going to tie it. They're going to tie themselves to him, which is not. You know, I'm not going to argue with that decision. He's pretty much earned it after this. Uh, he's had a great season this year, so I don't. I don't mind that move as much. So they don't need a, a point guard. But it can't just be the Knicks, and that's it. He has to have somewhat of a list, and because Kyrie Irving is such, you know, he's. I don't want to say he's not like Kawhi Leonard strange, but he's he's known for throwing some curveballs, let's let's say. Even the the trade request from Cleveland was kind of out of nowhere. I mean, it I kind of just that surprised a lot of people, and there was really not much warning to that either. So I don't think you can create a list or really have a strong set of teams that Kyrie Irving will go to, and that's it. I do think if Kyrie Irving leaves. I, I get the feeling it's going to be a wild card team. It's going to be someone that no one really suspects. Maybe a Chicago going. I mean, they have a young core uh, moving forward. Maybe the Lakers, though. That I don't think that would be a wild card because everyone's been kind of tying them together because of LeBron. Um, but I do think there will be more teams in Kyrie Irving's potential list of suitors than the Knicks and just the Lakers. I do think there's going to be a wild card team in there. Maybe I mean. We can't really say definitively because a wild card is someone who, you know, you may not suspect at all. Could it be the Mavericks? I mean, the Mavericks, and again, they were a team that were talking about signing Kemba Walker, which, quite frankly, that I don't understand. You already have Luka Doncic, who is another fantastic young talent going forward. Why would you bring in a point guard? It doesn't really make much sense uh, for them to get a point guard. But if that's the direction that they're going towards... Why not give Kyrie Irving an interview? It would not shock me. If you're already looking at Kemba Walker as a pre, uh, potential free agent, why not Why not uh, interview Kyrie Irving? Why not bring him in and potentially sign him alongside Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis? Could be the Spurs? I mean, I, that would be really interesting because you'd have a coach in Greg Popovich who could intellectually challenge um, Kyrie Irving. Though I, I mean, he has Brad Stevens, who's a really smart X's and O's guys, but... Uh, you know, Coach Popovich, one of the greatest NBA coaches, not the greatest, one of the greatest basketball coaches of all time. So that would be really interesting to see. I do think there's going to be a team in there that's a shocker. Could be um, Dallas or San Antonio. Um, I think it's going to be, uh, you know, someone completely out of the blue. Maybe Orlando. I don't know. I mean, Orlando's, they're not as, I mean, they're not one of the upper echelon teams, but I mean, they, they made the playoffs this year. So, not completely out of the question, though I don't I don't think that will happen. But I do think one of the teams that Kyrie Irving um, will look at this summer is going to be um, a wild card franchise. That's going to bring us to the end of the show this week. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, make sure to leave a rating and subscribe or follow me on uh, Apple Podcast. I don't know if it's subscribe. I think it is subscribe on uh, Apple Podcasts. I don't mean to sound like a YouTuber or anything like that, but um, you know, hit that sub, like, comment, and ring the bell. Um, and of course, share with your friends. It means a lot to me. 
If you share, if you help spread and grow this podcast, I would uh, certainly enjoy that. Enjoy the games tonight. Enjoy the games this weekend. I will talk to you next week with likely the latest development in the Lakers' sideshow extravaganza.